We back. Welcome to Basketball Heads Live. My name is Glenn Pooh Hardy, and tonight's guest is Chanel Scott. That's right, the big man from St. John's and the NBA veteran. Let's get into his story. But just to let you know, tonight's program is sponsored by Styles Bonita and Unique Creations. Let's do it. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Yes. Yes. You have you just stepped out into, into the world, world of chaos. chaos. Where everybody, Where everybody goes, goes hard. Come on. Come on. He is in the building. What up, man? That's right. What's up, my dude? Everything is good, man. I'm sorry about y'all. <laughs> See, I'll be on that. I'll be on it like that, man. You know what I'm saying? Don't worry about it, man. Don't worry about it, man. Trust me. Trust me. All good, man. Peace to the masses out there, everybody. So that's right, man. That's right, man. So how you doing today? I'm doing good, man. You know, I'm just you know maintaining. I'm exercising a lot. You know, these days. You know what I'm saying? Bike riding and everything, walking. Right. You know, just staying right, eating right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just enjoying everything, man. You know, it's a tough time through all this, man. It's, it's, a, it's a crazy tough time right now, but I'm just trying to maintain that mental health, you know? Right. Well, you're looking good, my brother. You know, thank you, man. That's right, man. Listen, we'll, we got to give each other, you know, our flowers while we're here, you know? Can't wait till something bad happen. We lost a lot of soldiers. Oh, you know, man. a lot of a lot of so, guys in the basketball world we lost. We lost Dave Edwards was one man that, that hurt me like right away, man, because we like kind of was like in that same age group right there. And then he was like, yo, when Dave Edwards came on the scene, people don't even understand. I know they saw him at Georgetown, I know they saw him at Texas A&M, but he was basically the same way at like 12, 13 years old. He was like, he was ridiculous, man. Excellent ball player. Yeah, the one that touched me the most was Mo Kirby. Oh, him, and I, him and I were real close, and you know we came up together. You know, and his passing uh, touched me daily. For sure, that's another brother, man. I, when I was a shorty, just like you looking up to those guys because you're trying to be like those guys, and it just all, all those dudes just like inspired me to be, you know, just a, try to be the best basketball player I can be. be you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Well, I, I definitely want to uh, give my man. Rob Phelps, because he mentioned you interviews ago, okay? And we just been so backed up that I, I definitely want to get you on because me and Rob have been talking uh, the last few days. Sure. And, you know, brother, tonight's your night. <laughs> RP, that's my guy right there, man. That's my guy. That's right. That's right. So um, what I like to ask everyone is who introduced you to the game? Uh, it was a it was a girl, uh, Doris from around my way. When I was like six years old, and I guess I was a little tall for my age. She said, "Oh no, nah, you gonna be you gonna shoot a basketball." And she made me shoot the basketball. And I shot it like in between my legs, and it went in, and it was over. That was it. Wow! It's the success. Just that was it. That's all I wanted to do after that. 
Salute to Doris, man. Salute to Doris. So, uh, what, uh, around what age was that? That was like six years old, man. Okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah. That six, went okay. in. And then basically, it was like from that day on, it was like the love for basketball has been at the highest levels. And never really stopped, really, like when I, when I retired. But I, just that love for basketball, just from that day on, it was just, that was it. It was in the bloodstreams. Oh, okay. Who was your first coach? Uh, my first coach was a guy named Sam. Uh, one they used to call him One Eye Sam from Harlem. He was like a, a really, really excellent coach back in the day. He like he like tried to instill that toughness in me, you know. Right. But that was like my first, first coach, and then it was from there to the Gauchos, which really started to get get real. Okay, okay. Where you from, actually? I'm from Harlem, so I'm from okay. Harlem, 119, 118, 119 between basically between fifth and uh. Seventh, you know, so in them two blocks radius right there. I'm from right there. Okay, it's crazy that you said the Gauchos because my man Joe Almeida, he's on right now for Massachusetts. Big, 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 big historian for his Boston basketball, right? And he knows a little bit something about things all over the country, but his concentration is Boston basketball. He gave me a picture today of you in a Riverside jersey. <laughs> I put that. I put, I put that on my story. Obviously, I think I <laughs> the Riverside jersey. Oh man! Yeah, if you look at my stories after you get off this, you'll check it out. You'll see it for sure. For sure, man. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So okay, okay, cool. So, um, did you start playing like elementary school, junior high school? Yeah. What was that process like? Just playing through, you know, all through elementary school, playing everywhere you had to go. You had to play somebody who's getting challenged like all the time, basically. And then, uh, so, you know, you got you trying to be the best in your school. And then I went to uh, the Gauchos, and then it just, you know, I, I started to just play with better players, and then everything just started to elevate, you know, my game. And just, just basketball success just started, you know, at a young age, you know, winning championships with different little tournaments and just, you know, going to AAU. And it, it was just, it was, it was, it was dope. Okay, okay. Cool. And after that, you know, you start developing. You start seeing guys in your neighborhood who are, who are good. Who was the nicest guy in your neighborhood coming up? Oh, man, we had a lot. So, yeah, there was Adrian Autry, you know, David Kane. Uh, just, you know, they were right in my immediate neighborhood. So, you know, uh, Adrian Autry was like, uh, like uh, even at 12, he was really good. But he was he was a McDonald's All-American. Dave Kane. That's Kane, right. City All-State. It was two. Uh, I mean, my AU teammates, you know, Anthony K. He Anthony K. One of the best like high school balls I ever seen. He was like six eleven. He can handle. He can shoot. Another McDonald's All American. Um, so it was a, it was a lot of guys from around the way that was that was nice. But Dave Kane and Adrian Autry was it was the one two of the best like from around the way. Okay, my my boy uh, and friend and partner in crime and basketball heads, Larry Timberlake. You know. Uh, yeah. yeah, he said you was his uh, big man in Boston. I, I played with Larry Ladd, too, man. That's from there. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, my guy. His brother, man. His brother was, was oh, man. Uh, you know, we all know great Carlos Green back in those those days. He That's was, right. Oh, God. I, I love him. I love those type of guys. That's why when you talk about certain names, it was just like they take you back to that time when you first saw them and just – they just took your breath away, man. Like, you know, Lloyd Daniels and Ice Reynolds. Like, I, I know you said he was going to have them on. But those, those yeah, those dudes. Yeah, Lloyd. 
Huh? Lloyd, actually, we I was going to have you on Wednesday, right? It was supposed to be you, I supposed to be Lloyd, Ice, and you on Wednesday. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. I was going to set it up like that, um, but Lloyd had canceled today. Ah, uh, okay. Now, actually, yesterday he had called because he has some problem with Instagram or whatever. But trust me, Lloyd has been calling me every day, like, and let me know he wants to be it, he wants to do it. You know, he's just having a problem with the phone. Yo, so you have my man Cook Williams on this thing. Lennon Williams is on this thing. Uh, my man Cook. Who? Lenny Cook? Yeah, Lenny. No, not Lenny Cook. Uh, Cook from back. His name is Lenny Williams. Oh, never mind. Never mind. I'm re I'm reading some on your on your thing. Okay, 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 okay. Probably so. Probably so. A lot of people be coming to the room. Um. So. Those guys, but who was the top? Like, you know, you named a few guys, but who was the it guy, right? You said it was Adrian Autry? The it guy, so my time period? But no, I mean, of course you had- In your neighborhood. We talking about in your neighborhood. neighborhood. So I would say in my age group, it was like uh, Adrian Autry was another dude. Like I was talking about Lennon Williams. Lennon Williams was my high school two guard. We played together for four years at Old House. He was, he was nice too. Like. Him and Red was actually in the neighborhood. Like him and Red was like, uh, like neck and neck as far as stuff. I right. was a big man. I was good coming up, but those dudes was just like the inner. So I would say in my age group, Adrian Orty probably right in my age group. But you know, you got a little older. You know, David Kane is like one year older than us. Then you uh, he's in the neighborhood. Mike Hoover. Mike Hoover was a bad. Uh, he's Mike Hoover is the uh, head coach of uh, Bowling Green right now. He was a bad boy, man. So. Oh yeah, couple, it was a couple of those. Yeah, and, and, and all those guys from and all those guys from well, he's from New York, right? Yeah, they for all them guys there from right there in the neighborhood, right there. And you know, we had a couple of older dudes that was real nice, but they just never, you know, you know, made it. But uh, or just you know, got the notoriety. But okay, okay, all right. So, what high school did you go to? I went to All Hollows High School in the Bronx, South Bronx. That's what what made you go there? Because um, I was supposed to go to, well, I was, at the time, I didn't get into the public school that I wanted to go to. I, I wanted to go to Manhattan Center, and I didn't get in. So I was uh, blessed enough to be able to go to, like, any high school in the city. So I just looking around, and like I said, Lennon Williams was my, like, young, like, my young guard, and Adrian Autry was, like, we was, like, almost, like, close friends. They was at Talent Time. So I was, like, right. and they were stacked. They were stacked. You know, that, they had N.K., Adrian Ochi, Brian Reese. So, but I, you know, I didn't want to go too far up. So, Ohio's my boy Cook, my boy Lennon Williams. I said, right. well, let me go ahead and start something different, you know? And we, we, had, a, we had some successful uh, seasons there. Okay, okay, all right. Did y'all, did y'all win anything while y'all were there? Yeah, so my, my, uh, my, um, my senior year, like we went to the playoffs. I think we knocked Kenny in them out one year, my junior year. He was a senior. I think we got Rob Phelps in my, my senior year. We went to the championship and lost to Cardinal Hayes. Oh, wow. And, and Rob, 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 we got to talk about that, Rob, next time up. He had 30, though, but so. <laughs> <laughs> That's my guy. That's my guy, Rob Phelps, for you right there. The number 15 score in New York State history. That's right. He's going to give you those buckets. He's a walking nah, bucket. He was ridiculous, man. He was ridiculous. Rob right. Was ridiculous. Okay, so who did you pattern in your game after? Uh, high school. I just I don't know, man. I, I always like I just like all the big men. I like I like like uh, of course like 
growing up, like Patrick Ewing, like all the all the oh, big man, men, you know, Luke, Walter Berry, uh, um, just all the big men I can say in the league, like you know, um, you know, Mace. I, I like I like Mason a lot. Uh, I like Robin a lot. Um, Bar you know, Barkley coming out, like all the big men, man. Like you know, I you know I love Shaq, like all the good big men. Just I just wanted to. It's not even patting the game. It's just like try to maximize the best that you have. Like you know what I'm saying. And and those guys, those all those guys are named. It's like they inspire. You know, they inspired me to like just like right. do the best. Cause I was like, yo, it ain't no joke. These guys are so good. It's, it's it's not a joke. What was it about guys like Walter Berry? You know, who played at St. John's that made you gravitate towards their game? You know, cause. Y'all guys been around the same height. I used to consider myself a good defender because I just, I you know, I play like I play scientifically playing defense. You just, I just basically wasn't trying to like if I could block it, I could block it. But my whole thing, I was just, just trying to get in somebody's way, like to make it hard for him. But Walter Berry was just impossible. So he's the right. like he used to come back. I played, I play, I think I played with him in pro am, but he used to come back to St. John's. Well, we used to all play. It was battles there. You know, everybody was coming back. Chris Mullen, Malik Sibley, it was the whole school. Tim Hardaway played. Like, bringing teammates. Everybody was there. And Walter Berry was the most impossible for me to guard. It was just... Really? He had it in that... He, he just had the, the footwork, the, the savvy, the, the everything you could think of, like the, the, the slickness. Any type of vulnerable thing you do on defense, he's going to exploit it. Like, he would in-pivot, give a good fake, you don't go for it. He bust you right in the face. You know he could jump mm. a little high. So he was just impossible. He'll spin. He'll spin multiple times. I used to hate that when big men used to spin. Most of you know under control. I used to hate that. Like most big men can't spin like that. Or, right, right. Or maybe it's a little different now, but most you know even a good big man back in the day they'll spin like Hakeem was like red. He'll spin, spin, spin. Right, right. Walter Berry used to spin, 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 and then it would be over. I think one time he scored to me. I would be real like six, seven straight times, man. And I was trying to be physical after the third time, you know. But those are the battles, and that's how you got better. You played with guys like that, because you know. Yeah, a lot of guys was talking about playing with the older guys, which kind of sharpened their skills. You know, we did it out in the park. You know, when the guys came home from college, you know, the John Johnsons and those guys in my neighborhood who would come home and play with us and and just share their, those experiences. Um, it helped us to get better. What high like school compared to us working one on one with a trainer? What high school did you go to? I went to Lincoln. Okay, cool, cool, no doubt. Yeah, you was yeah. Cool. Before me, before Juju? Yes, I was before all of you guys. We won in the '86. Tiny was my point guard. No doubt, no doubt. Juju, yeah. was my, Juju was my. I, I played with Juju from like like 12 years old. He was like one of the dudes I know from Brooklyn, like right off the top. Like okay. Yeah, we won in the 86, and uh, we lost in the state championship to King Rice and them. No doubt. It was always yeah. hard. That was always hard out there. Y'all dudes always walked our dogs out there, man. Yeah, man. You know, we're just what trying to follow the tradition of dudes who came before us. Like my guy, John Askew, that's in the room right now. No my dude is smooth. Definitely. We're going to get him on here next week. I, lo I love uh, that. My dude, uh, Pat Alfonso. What up, Pat? He said Arthur Anderson played with you in high school. Who's of Arthur Anderson? Arthur Anderson was my, my four guy. He was the enforcer. He made things happen. <laughs> really? Word. He, I think okay. he was American. He, yo, 
I think my whole starting five went B1. My okay. Yeah, everybody okay. went somewhere. I think uh, Dexter Dunbar was the point guard. Uh, Lyndon Williams was the two guard. I think he went to La Tech. Dexter went to Maris. Arthur went to American. And a guy named Ray Lynch was the three guy. He was the Bowling Green. Yeah, Arthur's in the room right now. No doubt. That's my guy. He was a, he was the enforcer. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. So, you, you at All Hollows, you guys, you know, had a successful run. We had a successful run, relatively, yeah, man. Right. Didn't win any chips. No, but, no chips. Right, but that doesn't mean anything because you still can have a successful high school career without winning, you know, a championship. Yeah, so we we received a lot of success. We got to that championship game. Um, we, we you know we we did go in the playoffs. We we got some national televised games. Which, you know we we had a it was like a good run. I wish we could have won that last game, but you know match you know too much man too much. Some players come along and ruin it all, right? <laughs> yeah, we need to get Mashburn up here. That's the oh, guy man. who needs to be up here. You know, <laughs> trying to focus on all our New York guys who paved that way. So what when you came up, what some of these did you get your reputation? Like people started talking about your name. I played in everything, man. I played in fifty fifth. You know, they used to I, I, my first got there, I was sixteen. They used to call me the baby. The baby. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like sixteen, I was fresh. I played with my boy, you know, my man John Strickland. God, God rest his soul. Yes, yes. that's where that's my guy. Strickland was like best friends. So he's like, yo, right. you got to play with me up here. I was like, man, I don't want to play. So he said, nah, man, you playing. Come on. He, and he dragged me up there. We we play. I basically played the whole game. And I had some success against, like, grown-ass men. I was okay. Right. So from that on, you know, I played high school. But I, I used to just love playing there. So I played in 55th. I played in uh, the Homecoming Rucker. Uh, what else? Just, uh, I bet, you know, I basically stayed in Manhattan. Um, a pro-am. Pro-am was 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 live. That's when I got to college. But that was that was really what just made me know, like you know, when you playing against NBA guys, it's like okay, you could be doing this. Okay, all right. We don't want to jump too too far ahead about so. Cool, cool, cool. Let's let's go back to uh, the years and the Gauchos, right? How was those years? What was that experience like? Made me tough. Made me tougher. Made me tougher. Just made me, you know, just. The coach Dave Jones is my first Gato coach. He 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 is still that. That's when I first got that toughness. Because before I used to think everything was all good, and I was like the same. I was bigger than everybody, so I was right. like a nice guy. Um, still a nice guy, but you know, at basketball, it's no room for that. So when I that's right, that's right. It was just like, listen, either you gonna make it happen, or you gonna be not playing. And I was like, that's, you know, let's let's go. So I just did whatever I just listened and did whatever was needed. That's when they taught me how to post up and how to use my elbow and use me how to like how to play defense and position myself at 12 years old. Uh mm. big, big man moves every single day, uh short jump shot. It was like intricate things that it would just as I got it just got instilled in me. That's and that's how it was up. Just you know, I had all these these skills which some big men don't have, and it just allowed me to have an advantage. So the, the early Gaucho years was Critical. I can't who's some of the guys? Who's some of the guys you played against that was across the country that wound up going like maybe to the NBA or having great college careers? Everybody. Uh, Grant Hill, Chris Webber, Penny Hardaway, a young Penny Hardaway at fifteen. Mm. He was he was ridiculous then. Uh, just every like almost 
everybody. J.R. Ryder, I remember uh, out there playing against him at 15 years old. You, you, I'm telling you, some of the guys you all, you knew, man. It was just, um, just a lot, a lot of guys, man. A lot of guys in the NBA I played against. A lot of people in my age group. You knew, you knew when you saw Penny, he was the truth at 15. The first time we played against him, he could shoot real good. Like he was just a shooter, and you couldn't leave him open. So he was like, he might have knocked down like seven threes on us, like the first time. And we, you know, we had a crew too. So you know, we knocked them off. The next time we saw him. He was like Magic Johnson. It, he was just like a, a spec. Like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Like, I really couldn't believe what I was seeing. And uh, he was just passing, shooting, dunking. This was like when we were 16. And then we right. played against them in my senior year. We played against them in North Carolina. We knocked them off in uh, going to the championship game. And uh, <laughs> Lenny Williams, who I talk about, he shot a three. We was down two. He shot a three-quarter court shot, bank shot to go in. And we ran off the court to go in the championship against Rodney Rogers. Remember him? Oh, yeah. I played against him in college. They used to call him the Hulk. <laughs> yeah. He was he was a beast. I played against him. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Let me see what Stim said. Stim, you, you're Stim very excited today. So, uh, okay. 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 Cool. Cool. All right. So, what was the recruiting life for you? The recruiting was heavy, man. So, by the time I got to my senior year, it was just ridiculous. It's like everybody, every I, could, I can't, every school almost was recruiting me, and I was just, I basically, I was trying to narrow it down. Well, St. John's, of course, I had to have them in my head because, so, but Tennessee, I was thinking about Arizona State, uh, Louisville, and Syracuse. But it was a lot of other schools, like like it was like every school was recruiting me, but I had to just narrow it down like realistically. So that's what I narrowed it down to. Why St. John's? I guess the garden got me. The garden got me, man. Uh so I was so I was thinking about Tennessee because I was like, man, I want to go to a college college, man. I want to see some football games. I wanna, you know, I wanna be so, <laughs> Yeah, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> he said I wanna go to a college college. Because for those people who don't know, St. John's at the time, like they didn't have like dorms, yeah, yeah. right? Oh, it's, different like, now. it's different now. Yeah, yeah. Back then. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, definitely, definitely. Then, but back then, so Tennessee was this big school, the big stadium, uniforms, football, you know, it was you know, uh, and Allen Houston was a freshman, so I was going to be playing with him for like the year. And I, I loved Allen Houston. Mm -hmm. He was another player. I loved Allen Houston. He was a bad yeah, boy in cool. high school. So yeah. I was thinking about going to play with him. But then you have New York, and so the assistant coach from St. John's, it was a, it was like a couple of days after like the NCAA tournament, he called me. He said, Chanel, are you going to go down to Tennessee and play in uh, Tumbleweeds crossing the road, or are you going to are you going to do the right thing and play at the Garden? Click, and hung up on me. That was it. I knew it. A great recruiting strategy. I thought you either, you either you either he either lost you or he you were yeah. in hundred percent. Yeah, man. He was like, yeah, no more games, man. So, but it was one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. You know, it was a it was a great decision just to be in New York and to feel that energy. And you know, Malik Silly was my teammate right away. I already had played with him at Riverside, but you know. Now I'm really under his wing. Um, right. And it was, you know, I was with my boy Dave Kane and God bless his soul, you know, recently Lee Green, me and Lee Green signed there together. He was, he was like, I was so happy, man. Me and Lee was so happy when we signed with St. John's, man. He was just, that was like, you know, we used to giggle about it because we played AAU together too. 
But right. going there was like when I, you know I, I was playing with my boys. I was home, and we was you know we, we was we was all right. So I stay I stay home, man, with the St. Johns. Had a cool, great experience. Cool. Great experience. How, how did your freshman year turn out? My freshman year was okay. I, like if I think about it back, you know now it's like you know. I wish I could have just, you know, did things different training-wise and, you know, and just got into there, just, like, being concentrated and just, you know, because it was a big thing ahead of me. But, uh, right. I, you know, I, I felt, you know, I, I felt that I could have been better, but it was it was decent. You know, I was it was I was notable the first year, to say the least. Um, and then the second year, I got better, you know. The second year, just, like, you know, I, I worked my butt off that, that, that freshman, uh, the, between the years of freshman and sophomore year. Um, my daughter was about to be, you know, born – that year. So, you know, I was like, yo, you got to be something, man. <laughs> so I started, like, I, I had it in high gear. I started putting it in high gear from my freshman to my sophomore year. So what was, what was the year that turned it around for you? It was my junior year that just just, just made it seem like, you know, okay, you could be a pro. And um, just the year with Malik Sealy left because I started my whole sophomore year, you know, notable and everything, you know, even, you know, more notable, but it was just, you know, but uh, Malik said left, and then we had, you know, basically uh, uh, Connor Seca retired, and Mahoney came, so it was like a new year, no expectations, or low expectations, and that's the year, like, that's the year when I found out how good the director was. I always knew he was a bad boy, but when he took the realm, that's when I knew. He was, whew, he was unbelievable. Who are you, who are you referring to? David Kane, sorry, the director. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta get you. I get you. I just wanted to pick it yeah, right, right. My, so that was my junior. So that was my junior year where I started to like really, really like be notable. You know, make some you know all big yeast and stuff like that. That's when things started happening. You know, let, you know leading the team and scoring and rebounding. But that was definitely like a year where like uh, we just had a good camaraderie and it, it just made, you know it just excelled my play. You know, it was a, it was a good vibe. Who else did you bust to let you know you was ready? I don't want. I don't want to put my. I don't want to put. Bam! <laughs> this is what we do. Yo, this is what we do. Our basketball heads. There's two uh, questions like you really got to answer. I know, who introduced you to the game and who asked you bust? Does that let you know you got to the next level? I'm gonna say it like this: at that age, at that stage, definitely my junior year, I would say that you know, I was you know I had I had some good I had some good moments against some players during that time period. You know, it was that's all. I don't want to like. Call nobody out, man. I, I played against everybody. You know, I played against a lot of guys, but uh, you know, going go, like in college, you know, you played against everybody in a lot of games. You, you came out good. Like I came out, I came out good against a lot of teams. You know, not a lot of teams, but you know, a, a lot of teams. You know, I'm, I'm trying. But, to it, 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 but it's always even as a player. It's no disrespect, but okay. even listen, even as a player, we have those games against those certain people, and it's not even busting the ass. It, it, it was certain situations where guys who didn't score as many points as the dude who was better than them, but they felt like they 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 let them know that they was ready. I'm gonna right? say this. Okay, I'm gonna say this. I had some good games in college against like I'm just saying schools like you know Seton Hall, uh, Connecticut, uh, uh, you know who else? Um, uh, <laughs> no Providence, uh, you know. Um, Certain games more than us, Boston College. You know, I had some good games against some players who was playing that time. I can say that. So that let you know you was ready. To let you know you was ready to play in the pros. Yeah. So it just let me know, like, okay, 
Like you playing against the best of the best, you know. So you can be, you know, you could be something. You could be all right, you know. You can, you can make it. You got it in you. So, I, I hate, I, you know, I don't want to get like, it's just, you know, what I'm saying like I respect all my brothers. I love all my basketball brothers. So we had some battles. We had some battles, man. That's all I can say. <laughs> well, that's all good and dandy. You, you kept the political answer. Definitely good <laughs> politician. Um, what what uh? How far did you go uh your junior year? We went to the we lost in the second round to Arkansas, uh, which I thought we was gonna beat. Man, we was playing we was playing well that game, but uh, that's you know we just that's how it be in the NCAA, man. Everything be good and then teams adjust and then you know you, you don't make it. So, but it was a great experience that year, man. It was a it was a definitely a great 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 experience. Even with those, who did y'all beat the first round? Who did y'all beat the first round? Uh, we beat was that Texas Tech or no? At that year, let me see. Uh, Northern Illinois, I think. Northern. Okay. Illinois. Okay. And you guys lose in the second round. And are you getting information that you may be drafted before then or afterwards? Well, that was a really good year. It was. I was highly notable. Um, I didn't think I was. I wasn't ready at all. I don't think, yeah, because even in the mentality, maybe physically I was ready, but ment mentally I definitely wasn't ready. But, you know, you, you heard things, you know, and then uh, going to the senior year, you know, you just heard them louder, you know. You just heard, you know, the people saying, they gonna, you, you know, you should you, you projected here, you projected there. So I was, I, I think they had me at one point, like in the uh, middle of the first round, at, you know, most of my, mostly the whole, um, senior, my senior year, and then I got hurt. Okay. What what happened? I like towards the end of the season, I I, I tore my uh, thumb on it. I played against uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Tore my thumb. I played the whole game with a torn ligament in my thumb, and I ended up having like a really good game. I, I didn't, even, you know, I I played like that happened in the first half. I played the whole rest of the game, and and my thumb was like swollen, but it turned out I had a um, I tore my ligament, so I missed the last five games of the season, the Big East tournament, and uh, the NIT. Which guy in the Big East was your biggest, uh, your toughest competition? Uh, I would say all the teams. It was just like all the teams because everybody, I felt that the Big East at the time, everybody was cocky. So even you go to play against me and Rob was tight, but we, we had a disgust for each other on the court. Uh, you know, my boy Adrian Autry, we, like I said, we was best friends. He had Syracuse. I wanted to knock him and Conrad, by the way. Conrad was my guy, too. So, Rest in peace, Conrad. Yeah. So, you know, we played against them a lot, and we wanted to knock them off. You know, because we get together in the summer. We was tight in the summertime. We always around each other, and we always talk and pop shit, but it was like it was mad love. But uh, just uh, <laughs> just every – I would say every team, but, you know, those special battles were with Syracuse, Seton Hall, Georgetown and like Providence, especially Providence because Rob was there. So that made that made uh, uh, a lot more special to see yeah. who was going to win. How did you guys? How did you guys fare against Rob in school? How do how do I what? How did you guys uh, fare against Providence when y'all played against each other? We played. We I, if anything half and half. I, if anything, I think my years and his four years there, we got out of eight times we got them by at least at least four times. Because we'll get them at St. John's, 
or you know, or the guard, and they'll definitely. It, it was tough to play in that in that stadium up there. It would it'd be rocking and rolling up there. They they was they played much better up there. I I, I don't know if I even beat him at, on his home court. I don't know if I okay. even ever beat Providence on their home court. Maybe once. Right. Yeah, Marco. We we we. I see that question. Uh, we discussed that question already, my man. Uh, Marco. Uh, Mark Petito played a hopster. He's one that no. Who did you? Patting your game after, and we talked about that earlier. I think he just came into the room. Okay. So, um, you get drafted second round. Get drafted second round, man. After they get, finally get drafted second round, the Portland Trailblazers, and uh, they have uh, like basically 14, 15 guaranteed spots off the top. So I'm, I'm a second rounder. I mm. probably never had a chance, but like I said, mentally, I probably was I was not ready for everything that was to be the NBA. The NBA is not a joke. So I didn't make it right away. Well, what what were some of the things that you had to adjust to? Just work ethic. Just uh, not what, and I, I had a good work ethic, but just really working, a working effort, you know, uh, effort, man. Like, it's a profession. So you got to train your body. Your mentality has got to be, that's what you do every day. If you're a professional basketball player, you train your body, you train your mind to, to, uh, to do excellence, point blank. I mean, to the best of your ability, and it's not a joke. And you see, some some players are like gifted through God, and they and they do great in their careers at points. But then it always, some of them don't reach. You know, they had these one, these two, these three, even three years of good basketball because they're just so talented. Then they start to fade off. And you see why, like a, a look, like a just for an example, like a LeBron James or Kobe Bryant, how much excellent they was over a long period of time because. They, they, they take it serious. And a lot of players take it serious, but when you come into pros and that's that's your mindset, you know, got to be like that. It can't be about anything else. You, it can't be about the money. It can't be about nothing other than, and, I, so, and that's the thing too, a lot, that you're not the richest. A lot of us are not the, you know, we don't have the most money stepping in and then we become million, you know, millionaires all of a sudden, but you just can't think about that. You got to think about the craft and the art of training and getting better, like every single day until you retire. And what are some of the things or pitfalls that you fell into? Just not early on. Early on. So early on, just thinking my talent is gonna and my height and everything. Just and not even directly thinking that, but just by your actions, you're not training and doing all the necessary things you could be doing. Like, yeah, I was playing. I was doing this, but this wasn't wasn't training, you know, to get that other advantage as much as I should have been, you know, I think at first. And I just didn't have that. I didn't, you know, I was just thinking about too much other stuff. You know, when I went second round, oh, I went second round. I was like feeling sorry for myself, uh, you know, mm. and not just, you know, just diving into it. Well, okay, I got the opportunity, dive into it and not caring about what the coaches think. This beat, you know, and I didn't, I didn't train like that going into that training camp. So I didn't even put pressure on them, you know. Not to say I was like bad, but I just I wasn't ready. Okay. Well, sometimes that that builds a chip on a guy's shoulder, and they have to prove everyone wrong. Right. So right. Yeah. So you you didn't turn you didn't turn that 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 door open. No. So that was like my first year. My first year out. That's what happened. And then um, I could have went overseas, but uh. I don't know if I, I just, you know, that dream was like, I'm going to just, I'm, you know, so I stayed. So I went to the CBA. After I got cut, I went to the CBA. And I had to, like, make a real, just, you know, this is year one of my rookie year. Like, 
yo, man, like, what do you want to do? You want to give it up right now? Like, or, or you going to make this happen, man? You can do it. Like, you know, I had to say that to myself, man. I had to, like, and for a while there, I was like, oh, man. Because, like, here it is. I was supposed to be in the NBA, and that was my goal. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm in the CBA. So I had to, like, I was forced, like, to really <laughs> get into myself. And what, what do you think was the turning point, right, in the CBA that you, that you knew you could bounce back? My turning point was looking at my stomach, being disgusted, and writing a note. Like, I wrote this. I always heard this way, like, write your goals down. So I wrote this one goal down. I was like, yo, you're going to make it to the NBA. You're going to become a respectable professional basketball player. So I didn't know what that meant, but I just knew that, you know, it was going to happen. I wrote it down. And I kept that. I kept it basically until I signed the first time in the NBA. And when was that? So that was like a year and a half later with Cleveland. So I did a whole year in the CBA. Matter of fact, I did two seasons in the CBA. And towards the second half of the CBA, uh, they fired the coach. And I and I came in for like the last uh, 20 games, I think, maybe. And I averaged, I was, like, I was, I was like averaging like – five or six and then I was I was averaging like 16 and 16 for the last 20 games like mm. I was, like some of my best games was like 25 and 18 and then 20 and one game was like you know 14 and 22 and I was like and if I was I was like I was looking you know the statue had never been like especially the professional level this is you know I was like okay something's happening here but it was just like I was just I had my head down and then I just started getting like more hungry and just Basically, just started to just get mean and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Just like, I'm going to make it happen. And Sean Kemp was on your team at Jordan time, right? Yeah, Sean Kemp. I played with Sean Kemp my second year in Cleveland. How was that experience? Yeah, so basically, you can go through two years of the CBA, and then they had a summer camp uh, one summer. Um, I didn't play. I played in the USBL. I played in all these leagues. And it was like, a, my my, uh, my man coming to you. I got an agent for you, man. He can get you in a Cleveland camp. So I was like, all right, let me see, you know. So I spoke to him first. He said, yeah, I'm going to get you in the Cleveland camp, but I want you need to sign with me. So his name was Eric Rudolph. So I signed with him. I went to Cleveland camp, and I was – it was just, you know, it was just like – basically I was averaging like 20 and fucking 16 or something in the summer camp, like first three games, and they sat me for the fourth game. And basically they uh, – like about a week or two later, they had a, they had a guaranteed contract for me, Mike Fratello. So that was a great experience. That just let me know all the hard work. And when, that summer before that, like I said, earlier that summer, like, man, I bought a bike. I was bike riding everywhere all over the city. I was going through the, like, I was doing, like, cross training. I was, you know, lifting. I was playing. I was playing in tournaments. I was playing pickup. Like, I used to, like, be real distinct about what I did, like, every single day. Like, every day from, like, you know, I go lift in the morning, and I know I got to, I could, I could lift in the morning. I may go play some pickup on, like, one, and I know I got a game at, like, 7.30 in Jersey somewhere at the Jersey Pro. I, I played in Jersey Pro League, man. Like, it was so many different leagues, so I was doing, like, everything. And then before you know it, when I went to the camp, it was just, like, it was like, pitting me, like, all the hard work. So did you open up that, that door with the chip on your shoulder and you walked through it this time? Yeah. I, like, I was on another level of, Everything like I wasn't taking no shorts, nothing like when I like even when I got there, like they you know they were trying to rookie stuff. I did all the rookie stuff, but it was like you know one guy he was just like really trying to test me, and I was like and, I, and then one day like at practice, I stopped you know I basically stopped the practice 
not stop the practice, but I, like, I had to get over to him and tell, tell him that, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, cut it out, though. It's not happening here. Like, it's real. I'm a rookie, but I was, you know, I was on some other, like, you know, another level. Right, right. Well, I know, man, listen, uh, probably didn't work out the first time, but I'm here now, right? No doubt. That's right. It was That's all, right. It felt, it felt even better, yo. It felt even better because, like, you work, you know what you did from one point, like, from that letter to, like, signing that deal. I was like, oh, okay. This ain't no joke. And that's how I, that's how I am with everything I do in my life, with everything. If what I'm going to do, I'm going to do it. If I'm not going to do it, I'm not doing it. Right. Sounds good. Sounds good. How long did you stay at Cleveland? I was there two years. Two seasons. So my first season, I, I was with Terrell Brandon. He's a bad boy, you know, a couple of other cats. Tyrone Hill. Uh, we had a couple of cats. Bob Sora. We was good. And then the second year, they made the trades. And it was like Sean Kemp, uh, Brevin Knight, Derek Anderson, all them young dudes. Uh, the Junior Hill Galkas, Potapenko. That's all my guys right there. Okay. Okay. And then uh, you got traded after that or no, so that was the end of your deal? Yeah, end of the deal, lockout happened, and then I got caught up in the mix again. I played like a uh, another half a year in the CBA again, I think. Um, oh, yeah, a half a year in the CBA, and then I got signed by uh, San Antonio. Did you uh, – was Steph over there during that time? Who, Steph? Yeah. Not in the CBA? No, not in China. So, oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, so yeah, before the uh, the CBA was like before the uh, G League, basically. Okay, got you, got you, got you, got you. And got the two you. didn't really have affiliation, so. Got you, got you, got you. And did you did you uh come back after the lockout ended? Yes. So the lock they had the lockout. Uh oh, did I play? So that I think it was just '99. They had the lockout, and then um. No, so that yeah, I played in the CBA, yeah. So I came back after that that first lockout, like it was like '99, it was a lockout. So that's when I got signed by uh, San Antonio. Oh, you won the chip with them. Mm. So did you win the chip with them? No, I was in between the years, man. Oh. In between the years, but let me tell you, that was one of the great experiences I had in my in my life, man. It was just mm. unbelievable. Was San Antonio the, the best uh, protein you played on? Uh, yes, I would say so. Yes. The organization, or you saying team-wise? The organization. The organization and the teams, especially back in the day, we was really good. Like, we was the best team in the NBA. We had the best record. You know, we was predicted to probably win it, but L.A. was, you know, they was right there. But it was as far as, like, the way it's run, it was just, you got just, you just got, for the, for the most part, you just got good people. A lot of just good people who, who just operate the right way, you know? So that was... And all together... How, how many years you stayed there? I was there one year. And altogether, how many years was that in the NBA? That was three, and then I played with Denver. Okay, okay. Next year. And that was the first time I like, really got to like, play a lot, like start and everything. So that was a great experience, too. So, oh, yeah? Yeah. Who was on your team during that time? That was uh, like Nick Van Exel, McDice, uh, Rafe, uh, Rafe LaFrance, who was a big guy from Kansas. Yeah, I know him, yeah. A couple Campbell. of guys on that team. I can't remember everybody, but. Okay, okay. My guy said Eldon Campbell was on that team. Nah, nah, he wasn't on that team. He wasn't on that team. Okay, okay, all right. J.R. Ryder was on that team. J.R. Ryder. Yeah, that was my guy too, man. Yeah, yeah. Was he still at a, a high level during that time? 
No, because this game was, but it just, I guess his, maybe his, his rep, rep wasn't, but his game, J.R.I. was a bad boy, man. He still could do everything, like, you know, but he just, uh, at that time, he's probably, his, his rep probably wasn't the best at, the, at that time. What is it about the the NBA with you, uh, the guys who get the, you know, the character uh, things that get stuck with them, right? Some of the character flaws that get stuck with them and the labels that they just can't get off of them once it happens. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, as far as, like, the coach is concerned, what I even know, like, I know a couple of coaches in the NBA, but, but as far as the way I'm thinking they think is, like, Basically, man, you supposed this is the NBA. You supposed to be giving it, you know. You supposed to be doing everything possible to to um to perform at your highest level, and not being and not do things that's gonna like, you know, not put you in that position, you know. So if you're not working out a lot, if you late, you know, if you lazy, and or if you you hanging out too much, or you drinking too much, or whatever you're doing, spending too much, you know, or getting in criminal trouble, you know, that stuff sticks with you. Do do the NBA have people that that go out and and watch you guys and spur on you guys and, and things of that nature? Um, I'm thinking they probably do. I mean, me personally, I haven't physically you know seen that myself, but I don't know. So I mean, it's like you know, some of these guys are big investments, you know. So I wouldn't put it past them if they do it, but um, you know, I would assume they. Maybe somebody I don't know if it's following people. I don't know. I don't want to go that far and call out any NBA team doing that. But right, right. Who knows, man? You know, um, they paying. You know, guys are getting paid a lot of money now, especially now. Um, but even back then, you know, guys are getting paid a lot of money. So I think they want to keep their their players safe. And I'm, I'm pretty sure if, if somebody has a case of a pattern or acting a certain way in a certain entity, I'm pretty sure they, they you know they might have somebody watch. But I don't know. Who knows? And listen, uh, NBA, the streets, neighborhoods is all the same. People talk, right. work gets out, right? So I said, "What if this takes? Does this take?" <laughs> Tom Wayne's, what's up? What's up? So overall, you 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 got to have the experience of the NBA life, and in your last year, uh, or which the year that you went to Denver. You got to experience the whole thing, for the playing and, and getting a real full experience. Definitely, definitely, and then play and playing against everybody. You know, get to play against Kobe and Shaq, all the great players at that time. So, did you play? Did you play the whole year? Then was that injury free and everything? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, injury free, no injuries that year. Uh, you know, and and back then they put you like sometimes. Uh, I don't even think I was in the reserve that year, like because some some years it just it's just stacked. And they, you know, they they need you, but they just, they, you know, but it's changed now. Like they gonna have the whole fifteen man roster, so it's different now. But right. But. Okay. All right. Um. Who is the best guy you played against in the NBA? Oh man. Uh, I mean. <laughs> Everybody was in the league at that time. Besides, besides, besides you, you know, your, your teammate Tim Duncan, like what power forward? I mean, I played against, I'm telling you, I played against everybody. Barkley was a little older. Hakeem was still tough. Like, that was like 2002. But he, he wasn't like 80, uh, he wasn't like 95 Hakeem or 94, 93 Hakeem, but he was still, Hakeem was tough. Jermaine O'Neal was tough. 
Jermaine O'Neal was real tough. He was like, because he was long. He, he was like, you know, he could use both hands. Al Harrington. Now, he was, he was, whew, he's a beast. He was tough. I mean, I'm just saying people that, you know, other than the star stars, like who you might No, 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 no. Al, Al Harrington gave people the business, definitely. I, I respect his game. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was real tough. But uh, it was just, you know, it was so many great plays, man. It was just, you know, being a basketball fan, you just like, you in heaven, basically. When you're in the NBA, it's like, you, you in heaven, man. <laughs> the basketball guards will appreciate that. My boy Louis Skagg said, how different was it playing in the East versus the West? How different? Uh, <laughs> I guess the East, you know, the East, of course, the East, maybe more physical ball. West, they get up, got up and down a little bit more, you know. Um, but it, it was all this. I don't know what people say. It, it was all the same, man. It just... You just got, you know, some of the coaching styles like different from a little bit, but it's basically, it, it was it was all the same. Like teams, like the nature of of a professional ball player, they want to get up and down, they want to get up right. and down and have easy opportunities, and that's basically it. So that's always the best uh, when you get games like that. But you know, you got teams that defensive minded and they gonna muck it up. So the East was no more for that. But all right, all right, so. What are you doing to yourself nowadays? So uh, now I, I'm an educator in a uh, Brooklyn high school, um, and I coach, coach uh, varsity basketball. So I, once again, I'm coaching against Rob. What school is that? My school? Yes. Millennium, Millennium Brooklyn. There you go. There you go. Definitely going to be on the watch out. Well, basketball heads, you know, we like to – uh, give our flowers to the guys who paved the way. But also, when the basketball season gets back, we're going to be focusing on high school basketball as well. Yo, that's right. And, and try to bridge the gap and try to bridge the gap between, you know, the players of now and the players of yesterday. No doubt. So, um, definitely let's keep in contact. Sure. And I wish you all the luck. Thank you for coming through. Um, all right. Before we leave, before we leave, I need I need to not to be political in this one, right? Because these two questions uh, I ask everyone: right. Who was the best player in high school? One play each. The best player in high school, best player in college, and the best player in pros in the pros that you played against. So the best player in high, okay. So the best player in high school that I played against, and I'm thinking about everybody playing in high school. I think uh, against I would say Jamal Mashburn. That's one. I would say man. Yeah. Um in college. College. The best player I played against. Me playing against, right? Mm-hmm. Uh I would say Leitner, Mutambo. Oh, Billy Owens. Billy Owens. I'll take that one. Definitely. Billy Owens. Legend of Pennsylvania. That's oh, right. Man. And number three in the pros. In the pros, just the best player. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say the best player I played against is probably Shaq. I mean, I played, you know, uh, which was like, I, I found that that was like more than anything, just his, his size. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you think you're tough and everything, but that size is crazy. Cool. So that's, that's one of the things I appreciate, right? Because we have guys that hit that interview who had great high school and college careers and didn't go to the NBA, right? And then you had guys in here who 
went to the NBA, had great careers and doing well. Then you had, you know, whatever the level that you make it on, I think you should appreciate it. And when you first started, you said when you got there, you didn't appreciate it, right? Because you were worried about where you was placed at. And and the, le the level you thought people thought you was on instead of going out there and taking advantage of it, the situation. Then turn around, write your goals down, start preparing, and then lead north to that journey, which got you back playing at an incredible level. And then when you start to look at some of your summer league stats, you amazed yourself. Word. Right? Word. So exactly. all of these things, uh, I think, are great lessons for people to realize that sometimes you just got to keep working for what you really want. Right. And, you know, everybody's not going to be as, you you know, talent just comes, talent is, I think it is genetic. It's just the way to feel. It's, you know, some people have the, the talent, they just born with it. But no matter what, you just got to, like, for what you want, specifically in basketball, you got to work for it. There's no, there's no shortcuts or no, you know, I be telling my guys sometimes, like, yeah, you can't fake it. You can't fake, like, being a good basketball player. It will catch right. up. So if you're going to fake, don't play. My man Tom Wayne said, my man Tom Wayne down in Florida, he said my favorite part of Nell's story was going to the CBA and looking in and getting back to the league. Facts. Word. Word. That was like a valley, man. It was a valley. I was like, oh, man. Then, you know, you got these little thoughts like, you man, you might not get out of this valley, but I had the stronger feeling like, oh, I'm going to get out of this, man. I'm going to make it to where I need to get to. I'm going to do it, man. And that and that was basically the biggest thing right there. And it wasn't the shortest amount of time. I wish I could say it was like a month. You know, I thought it was going to be a month. But it was like a year and a half, you know. But uh, just, you just got to be, it was just like unwavering. I saw this. All right. I think the last question uh, wasn't answered. Uh, the NBA guy, who was the best in the NBA? And then I think it started to freeze up. Oh yeah, that was Shaq. I think the best person. I oh, you said you did say no. You did say you yeah. said you said Shaq. Yes. Shaq and Hakeem, man. Shaq and Hakeem, man. Like I played against. I mean, if you want to talk about playing against Tim Duncan, Dave Robinson, and practice and stuff like that, you can go there too because those. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate having you on. All good, man. Right. It's been a blessing, man. You stay safe out there. Thank you. And keep doing what you're doing, brother. I'll see you soon. All right. No doubt, man. Thanks for having me, man. No doubt. All right. Peace. Vanilla Scott, y'all. Salute. No doubt. All right.